Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Well, I'm going to start a new series this morning called Sanctification. God has actually had us on this theme. Um, it's been our morning Bible study, Vessels of Honor. Uh, Mike's been teaching the right Reverend Mike Hill. You say he's a reverend. Yep, ordained. <laughs> and he's been teaching on gleanings. It's been very good. You need to go back to the website. They're all posted. Uh, this Today's won't be yet, but it will be this coming week. But the other three are posted. Listen to those and uh, go back through your notes and review uh, what the Lord's been saying. Um, but the Lord has had us on this theme of uh, spiritual maturity. Um, Faith Family Church, so on our... On our title, we have underneath, we have life in Christ. Okay, and then we have the four parts of the vision. But two of them are um, where people come to grow in their relationship with God through life in Christ. And the other, the second one, or the third one underneath, the second one is where people come to discover, develop, and serve through life in Christ. And again, this is kind of the bookends theme, okay? Um, the two points in the middle there actually are the majority of our lives here on earth once you're born again now once you get in how many remember the day you got saved okay and that's a good thing um you need to remember that but that's just the break-in after that you got to grow um if salvation uh was just about one event and then going to heaven when you die, then the picture of a seed really is not the best illustration. Um, you know, we, <laughs> this is, this is going to sound sarcastic and it is, so don't take this seriously, okay? <laughs> don't take this seriously, this is just a joke. But I mean, if the, if the goal was just to get you in the kingdom... Um, it'd almost be better to get you saved and then assist you to heaven quickly. Okay. But we're not into assisting anybody in dying before they're supposed to. Amen? Okay. That's, not, that's not the Lord's. Actually, you know, uh, the longer you walk with the Lord, the more you care, uh, the more you care about others and less about yourself. And I'm going to make another statement. The more you care about the kingdom and the less you care about your own personal things. And that's the goal of Christian, part of the goal or part of the process of Christianity, or I'm going to say this, sanctification. Um, something that the, I, I wrote this down in my personal journal uh, in prayer a while back, and, I, and I, the Lord has me do this frequently, and it's something that we all need to do. We all need to frequently say, Lord, I lay my life before you. This is your life. Do with it what you will. Now, that's not a, that's not, you're not just throwing a prayer out there. You're praying that based on the knowledge of God by the revelation of Jesus Christ. Okay? So some people will throw that prayer out there and the devil will actually start eating their lunch and they'll think, yep, this is what the Lord has commissioned me to. I'm forever to be, you know, 
a slave to disease or a slave to addiction or a slave to whatever. And that is not what the Lord was saying in that prayer of consecration. That prayer of consecration was about service and dedication to the Lord. The Lord provides graces to overcome the attacks of the enemy. And part of spiritual development or sanctification actually brings you understanding of what that is. And then you're able to fight the fight of faith. But I wrote this down a while back, and it was something actually that's just been, I was telling Heidi uh, when Mike was teaching this morning, it, there's, there's this theme that the Holy Spirit just has our church in. And it's the church as a whole. I mean, I'm talking about everybody, you'll hear it. But our church specifically about spiritual maturity. Uh, spiritual maturity is a must in your life. And I'm going to read some statements here that I, I that this is something that I do frequently, um, just because it comes up in me. I actually prayed this prayer uh, when we were at the uh, convergence night at Life Source Church um, during that worship night. That the theme was about about everybody coming together for the purpose of the gospel. When God talks about uh, the hearts of the believers being one, He's talking about unity in the spirit, not uniformity in the flesh. Okay, so unity in the spirit only happens through spiritual maturity or sanctification. That means you as a believer can actually go to another church and not hate the people or the pastor or whatever or be in in discord with other churches in the city that are of the body of Christ in your heart. It doesn't mean you have to come to this church and then go to theirs because you're not with them if you didn't go to their service. That's not what the Lord's talking about. He's talking about unity in the spirit. And so during this worship time, I just said, and just out of my heart, I was looking, there's pastors sitting next to me, there's pastors sitting behind me, uh, uh, some a few rows or, or sections over, and I just said in my heart, I said, Lord, if it's more beneficial for your kingdom operation here in this city, that I quit being a pastor and go serve somewhere else, I'll do it. Now, emotionally, that affects you. You know, if I stood up here on a Sunday morning and I said, well, it's over, I'm done, see ya. I'm going over to, because God told me to. You know, some of you might rebuke me. (laughs) The Lord didn't say that, Sean, you missed it. But it's not just about what I'm saying. It's about the heart attitude. So as the body of Christ, and this is something the Holy Spirit spoke to me when, when Mike was speaking this morning, just through the process of what he was saying. I don't know if he said this specifically, but the Lord said it to me. And something that we need to realize for those that understand spiritual authority, understand graces, understand who we are in Christ. He's, the Lord said this to me. He said, spiritual authority is not just about your personal comfort. You ever notice that? Now, see, I've been in the church for years, and many of you have as well, but I've been around Word of Faithers and Pentecostals for years. Okay, you say word of faithers. What does that mean? We actually believe God's going to do what he said here today. You say, what does that mean? We're not cessationists. You say, what's a cessationist? They believe God died with the apostles. That's a nice way of putting it. 
You say, what do you mean by that? They believe that God ceased doing miracles because the written word was established when the last apostle died. I'm not a cessationist. I believe the peace of God can function in your head right now. I believe that the power of the resurrection and divine healing can function within your physical body right now. Okay, we don't believe that God stepped off of his throne and quit being who Jesus demonstrated him to be. Okay, so we continue to believe that. But just because God is that way doesn't mean it automatically happens. We have to work with him, and that's the process of what we call sanctification. Okay, and this morning I just want to give you three different kinds of sanctification that are mentioned in the Bible. One of the things that I stated, not only that, but then later I wrote this in my uh, journal and I just said, Lord, I said this, I said, dear God, I will sell everything I have and give it to your work. Say when, here am I, send me. Come on, how many have ever seen Tombstone? Some of you are lying. (laughs) You've seen it. (laughs) It's on TV all the time. Yeah. Tombstone. There's a guy in there named Doc Holliday, right? And he says, say when. Come on. You got to be that way with God. That's sanctification, right? That's What is sanctification? Sanctification is you're on your knees and you say, Lord, here am I. Say when. Yeah, but you don't know how hard I've... Now listen, you got to be careful when you go to reasoning with God about what you have. Amen. Now if you listen real well today, you will grow spiritually. I will grow spiritually. When we... When, when God asks... And, and talks to us in his scripture about what sanctification is. It is not someone who did not give his all requesting. In other words, by nature of creation and by nature of the sacrifice of Christ, he actually has the right to say, I want this. Now watch, he could in his sovereignty go, and I'm going to get it. But in his desire for us to love him in a genuine heart, he says, I give you free will. I had a gentleman argue with me one time when I worked construction. I loved working with this guy because he was an atheist. See, most of you are avoiding those things. I'm not. I like it. You say, why? Because I like to see where he beats me, this atheist guy. So then I got to go back, and I got to dig in, and I got to find, okay, what's the answer? And he was smart, smarter than me, talking about naturally, by far. But I have the Holy Ghost. And like one minister said, if you'll listen to the Holy Ghost, he'll make you look like a genius. <laughs> right? That's the truth, right? 
people say, oh, it's amazing what you're doing. <laughs> oh, if you only knew. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's the goal. That's the way it should be. But he would argue with me, and we'd go back and forth, back and forth. And he'd say, well, if God really loves me, why didn't he just make me serve him and love him? And I looked at him and I said, do you want your wife to love you because she has to or because she wants to? And that ended the argument. Came out of his own mouth because she wants to. Exactly. And that's what God wants. And genuine love always costs selfishness. Every time. Genuine love will always cost you something. Well, the wonderful thing is, is you don't have to pay for your salvation. It's stamped, paid for. But in this life, we get to give up flesh in order to live in resurrection. Amen? Sanctification. So every believer's most significant need is spiritual maturity. Many times as believers, we do not realize the significant impact an unsanctified or carnal lifestyle is having on our life here on earth. As Christians, we are called to live a sanctified life, a separated life, or you might say a holy life. There are many thoughts that go through people's minds when you talk about a holy life or a life set apart. But I want to look at the scriptures to help us understand this better. Every truly born-again believer desires to live a life that is free from sin. We desire this because we love God and do not want to live a life that he did not design for us. Sin is contrary, listen to me, to our nature if we're born again. Now, people say, oh no, I have no problem feeling like sinning. If your identity or your understanding of your salvation is purely from a natural feeling standpoint, you're right, you won't, because your flesh has no problem participating in things it shouldn't. But if you understand spirit and heart, the nature of God within, your God nature is, has no sin in it at all. Your spirit man doesn't. Now, your flesh and your head, oh, do they give you fits. They're more of a problem to you than the devil is, to be honest. But when you understand the three parts of what you are, it helps you to live in victory over the enemy. So watch this. It's, uh, uh, I want to uh, say this in, in, in continuing to open here. We desire this, or we talked about this, uh, um, in addition, everyone in the room has experienced the results of sin, which often in and of itself is enough motivation to stay away. How many realize that? How many have experienced the results of sin? How was that? As Grammy would say, how's that working out for you? <laughs> Not very well. 
You know, when did the Lord speak that to you? You were a couple years ago? Quite a few years ago. Yeah. In our process of growing in the Lord, how many know the Lord realizes where we are when we don't really understand where we really are? And so that's why correction has to take place. Sanctification has to take place. So in this series, as we allow the Word of God to transform our thinking, we will see the godly potential of a sanctified life. Then as we walk out these truths in our day-to-day life, we will experience the results of a sanctified life. Living a sanctified life is like living in the promised land. Living a carnal or unsanctified life is like living in the wilderness. Talking about the Old Testament Israelites. I believe I'm looking at a church that desires to live in provision rather than from miracle to miracle. The first point I would like to do or look at this morning is just defining sanctification. So if you're taking notes, what is sanctification? Sanctification in the Greek, it means to make holy, to purify or consecrate, to hallow or to be holy. This is the definition that I like the best. To separate from things profane and dedicate to God. To separate from things profane and dedicate to God. Now, this message is not for all the Holy Ghost police in the church. You say, what do you mean by that? Truths, for the most part, are for us personally, not only so that we can recognize things in others to avoid, but so that we can judge and deal with ourselves. Not so you can go home and say, did you, to your spouse, did you hear Pastor Sean today? (laughs) I will say this, my degree of living in sanctification today is much stronger than it was 20, how old am I? 24 (laughs) years ago when I got saved. (laughs) There's only a few people in this room that know me when I first got saved. And if you ask them, they would say I'm better today than I was then. But I will say this, I haven't arrived, but I've left. Am I the only one? Okay, because the measure is the stature of Christ. So I'll have an altar call for lying if you don't. Right? This, say this with me. Say, this message is for me me. to look at me. me. Okay? The word carries the idea, sanctification, this word carries the idea of the removing of our lives from one place or position into another to be used by God for His purpose. There are three different types of sanctification found in the New Testament that cover the believer from salvation through their life, to our final home in heaven. We know from Scripture and our last series, come on, in your control, that we are a three-part being. We are spirit, we are soul, and we have a body. We will see that the grace of sanctification covers every area of our being. The first Uh, sanctification that I want to talk about this morning is positional 
sanctification. So this is under that first point on what is sanctification. We're going to break it down into three parts in the New Testament. The first is positional sanctification. This is accomplished in us at the new birth. This initial sanctification was purchased for us by the blood of Jesus, the giving of his life for ours, and created in us by the supernatural ministry of the Holy Spirit at the new birth. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse number 2 says this, that we are the elect according to the, fore, uh, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, in sanctification of the what? Spirit for obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. And then he says, grace to you and peace be multiplied. But notice there, and this is what this is positional sanctification. This is the sanctification, sanctification that took place in us in the spirit. So in sanctification of the spirit. Sanctification that was received at the new birth is eternal, instantaneous, and cannot be improved. I'm going to say it again. Sanctification that was received at the new birth is eternal, instantaneous, and cannot be improved. In other words, you do not grow in your spirit. Okay? Now stick with me because this is going to make sense. Don't disconnect. Stick with me. Once um, here, your sanctification is complete. It is not only a sanctification that came from the Holy Spirit, but was placed into our human spirit. Once a human spirit is sanctified, made holy, the Holy Spirit can then move in and call our bodies His temple. This occurs at salvation through faith. Every new believer is taken and placed into union with Christ. At this point, we are removed from Satan's kingdom and become a member of the church, the called out ones. Positional sanctification then enables us to live with God forever. The scripture actually says that you, when you are born again, you are sealed by the Holy Spirit. Come on, how many of you have ever uh, vacuum sealed something and put it in the freezer or something like that? that? The Holy Spirit did that to your spirit when you got born again. The Holy Ghost moved in, and uh, listen to me, every devil moved out. <laughs> Come on, everyone. Every single one moved out. Another verse that declares the same truth, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 13 says this, for by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slave or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. Now I know the liquor store puts on the outside that they have wine and spirits, but that's not the one you want. You want the new wine and the Holy Spirit. You not only want to be baptized into that spirit, but you want to drink of that spirit. And that's what took place. This is positional 
Sanctification. This is an instantaneous thing that happened when you were born again. Come on, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, If any man be in Christ, he is or she is a what? New creation. Everything old is. And all things have become. And all things are of How many know Jesus is not in your heart on the recliner saying, you know, what are these devils doing in here? He's not in there with the enemy. When the enemy saw Jesus coming, come on. He sees the scars. He knows the blood's on the mercy seat. He sees the one, come on, who whooped him. Whooped. Come on, stripped him. Head to toe, removed everything that he had to be able to hold over you before the Father to stop the blessing. Jesus completed it all. And he's hanging on his, you know, I don't know if it's this way, but this is how I'm seeing it right now. He's got his belt on and there's some keys on there. And the devil goes, "Uh uh-oh, we used to have those keys. And God's walking up going... You got to move out. They said I can move in. That's positional sanctification. I'm saved. Come on. If I sin walking out that door and I died right after, I'm going right to heaven. Ooh, some of you need a better revelation of that. Because you still think God's looking at your body and your soul, and the only reason he's looking at it is to control it and renew it, but he's looking at you, your spirit man, and he sees Jesus' nature on the inside of you. He sees a nature, come on, that he's perfectly pleased with. That's why even when you make a mistake, you can walk into the throne room and go, Hey God, I messed up. And he's like, Come here. Now, you think that I'm just preaching because I'm just in the moment, but I'm in the anointing. The scripture says, come boldly to the throne of grace. Come on, not in the time when you did it all right, but in the time of need. The church definitely needs to understand what? They need to understand that heaven believes the blood worked. Positionally, I am sanctified. Now, I know in other religious denominations, you have to be elected into sainthood, but I was born in. Come on, were you born in? I don't need to be absolved. I don't need you to sprinkle me. I've been baptized into one spirit with Christ by the Holy Spirit. The second is experiential sanctification. This is the second type of sanctification mentioned in the New Testament. And this is where a lot of people get messed up, Christians. Experiential sanctification. This is sanctification that is produced in our lives before the world around us. 
The use of the word sanctification in daily life is found more often than the work of sanctification Jesus did for us at the moment of salvation. And that would make sense. Why? Because we're hardworking farmers. We're soldiers. Come on. We're running a race. And it is not a sprint. It is a what? It's a marathon. People are like, I wish it wasn't a marathon. (laughs) But in all reality, when we get over into that way of thinking, we're actually in our emotion and we're trying to run in our own strength instead of tapping positional sanctification. We're trying to live from our salvation from the natural instead of from the spirit. It's actually not hard to overcome sin because you have the one who overcame all of it inside of you. Part of what the Lord had dealt with me about concerning this particular series is that he said there are believers in the church that are dealing or struggling with habitual sins. And then you live under, you get, when you get in that kind of mess and you don't understand positional sanctification, you don't know, know how sealed you are in Christ, you actually then end up in condemnation, which makes you even weaker in your fight against. So the more you actually try to not do it in the natural, instead of from the source of the resurrection, you end up in the spin cycle. And then you end up, come on, how many have done this or said this? Well, there's no point. I can't beat this anyway. Hello. That's why you got saved in the first place. Don't let the devil lie to you. You say, why is that such a big deal to you? Because I know what you feel and I lived in it. I lived there. People say, well, I just can't do this. Exactly. You're exactly right. You can't by yourself. But in Christ, by the grace of God... What held you bondage before, you become master over. And that is experiential sanctification. Where positional sanctification is ours instantaneously, it cannot be increased and is eternal Experiential sanctification should be ever-increasing and is only necessary during our natural lifetime. Experiential sanctification takes place in our souls or the transformation of our thinking. The Holy Spirit, through the Apostle Paul, called it the renewing of the mind. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Come on, we've said it before. Not by the removal of your mind, but by the, by, but by the renewing of your... Do you know why people... And I've had this said to me for... I've probably said it. For 20 years. I wish God would just come and take my brain out. He doesn't want to. 
And the rest of us don't want to have to take care of you after it's gone. <laughs> he wants to renew my mind. Do you know why it sounds better to people to have it removed? Because it's, it's, uh, it doesn't require a lot of discipline to just have it removed. There's more work involved in experiential sanctification than many believers would like to partake in. They want... They want the board or the elders or the, the pastors to lay hands on them and make their mind right, just like that. When all reality is, is that God has called us into the process of position or experiential sanctification, which is a renewal of the mind. So he said, don't be conformed to this world. He said, be renewed in your mind. Have it transformed. By the word of God, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. In other words, there's a process there. Good, acceptable, and perfect. In other words, that would be experiential sanctification, right? You're experiencing higher level of peace, higher levels of the peace of God. To, come on, you're having a 30-fold harvest, 60-fold harvest, 100-fold harvest in your natural life because you've engaged in the process from a position of sanctification into a place of discipleship or an experience of sanctification. You attend church. People say, oh, I attended church twice this week. We don't hand out pins out here for church attendance. Sorry. What did you get out of it? And what are you doing with what you got? Well, I don't, want, I don't want that. I just want to be able to call and have you bless me over the phone and make all my problems go away. <laughs> That's why I'm preaching this message. <laughs> right? You will be happier if you don't depend on brother or sister so-and-so to fight for you. Now, we can fight with you, but we cannot fight for you. You've got to take up the shield of faith. Come on, you've got to have the sword of the... You've got to have peace on your feet, your loins girt about with truth, the breastplate of... You've got to put on the helmet of salvation. I can't do it for you. Some believers, you put it on them and they take it off before they get out the door. They're like little toddlers. I'm glad you're laughing because I'm going somewhere. How many have had little kids in your home and you dress them and then you walk around the house and you go, there's a shirt and they're, and they're running around in their diaper. I'm free. Or maybe even not that. We've got <laughs> believers in the church like that. God's like, put that thing on. Where did they go? There's their shield. There's their sword. There's their breastplate. What are they? They only have their helmet on. <laughs> people that have grown in experiential sanctification leave their armor on they leave their armor on they understand the importance of spiritual maturity so they live from a place of no longer reacting to what's going on here but responding from what's going on in here 
By show of hands, who's perfect at this? I'll have another altar call if you raise your hand. Now watch this. And I'm going to stop here today, but because I, I think that's a good start. Watch this now. You can have perfection in your spirit and not experience that in your natural. And listen to me, listen to me very carefully. That's why many believers are frustrated. Come on, have you ever watched a little kid try to do something that they don't understand how to do and they get what? Frustrated. So that's where, what, that spiritual development takes place. This is why, I know this is why Paul and all the other epistles that are written are so full of love your brother. Because I can't allow impatience in me to uh, build and grow with the spiritual state or maturity level of believers around me and vice versa, amen? Why? Because then we quit. We don't allow God to, we're not, we're not shouldering up together in advancing the kingdom in the body of Christ individually and corporately then. We actually become uh, brothers and sisters who don't care about their siblings or mothers and fathers who are neglectful parents. The other side of it is too, is you, how many have a brother or sister that maybe isn't, doesn't take responsibility for their life, but they're an adult at this point? Now, if they're in the room, you don't have to raise your hand. <laughs> Maybe they're watching online. You know. <laughs> How many know in that case, it's not just doing everything for them? It's, hey, you better step up and do this. Now, I'll help you as much as I can, but you know better. Come on with spiritual children, when it comes to spiritual children. If, 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 if somebody is truly a spiritual baby, like they're just born again, they're only in a couple years, maybe a couple months, you're going to be able to do a whole lot more for them than they are going to be able to do for themselves because you've spiritually developed. But you do realize this, that they can't, they can't, you, you need to be, Building, it's, it's just what I do with my parents, or my parents. No, not my parents. My kids. <laughs> this is, you're ruining my point here. <laughs> I'm going to leave when she's preaching next time. You know, my dad said one time, and I'm just going to walk out, you know. <laughs> no. <laughs> my goodness, where was I going? I know where I'm going. I still got it. It's right here. I have constantly said to my kids that I was raising them and training them so that they would leave. So I guess that worked out okay. Um, <laughs> it worked good in the end. <laughs> so that they would, 
be able to do it on their own, right? How many know if you're still, if you're 40 and you're still living off mom's income, something's wrong? Unless, unless there's like, you know, a, like a disabled situation, a legitimately disabled situation. How many know get up and go to work when your alarm goes off? A proper, if there's nothing physically wrong with you, I didn't feel like it is not a proper reason. Am I, yeah, I mean, you know. At some point, and I used to tell my kids this, either you can control you or I will control you. People say, oh, I would never do that to my kids. Then you're going to have a mess for a kid. Especially when they're little. Well, I just want my little two-year-old to be able to express themselves. <laughs> so you want them at 40 in the middle of the grocery store on the floor spinning circles saying, I want Pop-Tarts, I want Pop-Tarts, I want Pop-Tarts. You know, I think it should be a law that I should be allowed to spank some other people's kids. <laughs> the lobbying on that is not going well. It's not going well at all. No, seriously, I don't want the responsibility for other people's kids. And you don't either. But how many know if you love your child, you'll train them in the way that they should go? And sometimes, and I've had people come up to me after I've made statements like this and say, well, you know, I wasn't saved when I... Well, God understands that. Come on. Then that word isn't for you. There's a different word for you. It's called prayer. And God will send laborers across their path. Amen? How many know with God there's no lost cause? It doesn't exist. If it's a day before they go to heaven, God will get them. He will. He will. I've heard so many testimonies. Now, it's not the best way to do it. But at least it's done. Amen? Every head bowed, every eye closed. I want to give people an opportunity to give their heart to Jesus this morning. You know, the standard to get into heaven is perfection, so that's all you have to do to get in. We know from Scripture that um, not only do we know that eternity is in the heart of every person, you say, what does that mean? That simply means this, that every person knows there's eternity. Now, some people lie to themselves and they, you know, callous their thinking and things like that, and they don't end up uh, they reject God in some, uh, descri some describe as an atheist type situation, but everybody knows within their heart that there is eternity. The first thing, very simply, is this, is that God loves us and does not want us to perish, John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God did not send his son into the world to condemn you, but that through the world through him might be saved. The second thing we know is all people have sinned. The scripture says in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's no person that is at the age of accountability who's not known that they've sinned at one time or another. 
The third thing is this, is simply heaven is a free gift. Romans 6.23 says, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. Next, God wanted us to be brought back into relationship with him. We see this in Romans 5, 8, and 9. But God demonstrates his own love toward us. And that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we, we shall be saved from wrath through him. You can receive God's forgiveness today by trusting in Christ. Simply through faith, simply through believing. John 1, 12 says this, but as many as received him... To them he gave the right to become the children of God, to those who believe in his name. Romans 10, 9, and 10 says this, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So anybody in here, whether you've been backslidden or you've never given your heart to Jesus, you can receive this gift right now. All you have to do is place your faith in Jesus and receive God's gift of eternal life. If you'd like to receive Jesus, I would like you to just raise your hand where you're at so I can pray with you. And I'd love to pray with you. Thank you. Is there anybody else? I'll give it just a minute. You just know I need to get right with God. The Spirit of God's dealing with me. You see anybody uh, want to extend that to online? Okay, thank you. So if everybody would with me this morning, pray this prayer. And for you that raised your hand, just mean this from your heart and the Spirit of God will come into you and change your spirit right now. And you will be a child of God. Say this with me, Heavenly Father. Thank you for your Son, Jesus, who came to this earth lived a sinless life and died on the cross for me for my sins I believe he rose from the dead so that I could receive forgiveness become your child and receive the gift of eternal life I come to you now and repent from all my sin. I not only receive your gift of forgiveness, but I give you all my life and all of my heart. I believe you have accepted me because Jesus said, the one who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. Thank you for saving me, making me your child. Helping me live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. And you are born again. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.